Hi, I'm Howard Mortman, host of C-SPAN's podcast, The Weekly. Before this week's program, I want to tell you about a timely episode of our Presidential Recordings podcast on the 60th anniversary of the Cuban Missile Crisis. It includes calls between President John Kennedy and his advisors, press conferences, and an interview with historian Barbara Perry of the University of Virginia Miller Center. Find this bonus episode of Presidential Recordings wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, on with the program. Yesterday, not a uh, single Republican incumbent lost in any race for governor, House, or Senate, while the Democratic Party, your party, uh, suffered its worst losses in four decades. Do you view this as a repudiation of you, or is there another common denominator in this uh, uh, election that we're missing? November 9th, 1994. Terry Hunt of the Associated Press questioning President Bill Clinton the day after the Democratic Party suffered historic losses in the midterm elections. But it's the kind of question that really could be asked of any president whose party loses big in midterm elections. The 2022 midterms are approaching, and you'll likely hear President Biden's next-day thoughts about the results. In this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly, we hear presidents since Bill Clinton react in the aftermath of often disappointing campaign results in years two and six of their presidencies, Reactions which often exhibit rare, raw, and unrehearsed bursts of emotions and introspection. We return to November 9, 1994. President Clinton's Democratic Party lost 52 House seats that year. For Republicans, it was their largest seat gain since 1946. They gained the majority of seats in the House for the first time since 1955. Even the incumbent Democratic House Speaker, Tom Foley, lost re-election that year. The new speaker, Republican Newt Gingrich. In the Senate elections, Republicans successfully defended all their seats and won eight from the Democrats. They won the majority. 1994 was the last time a party flipped control of both houses of Congress during a president's first term. Here's President Clinton's response to Terry Hunt's question, whether all that was a repudiation of him. Well, I think that I have some responsibility for it. I'm the president. I'm the leader of the efforts that we have made in the last two years. And to whatever extent that we didn't do what the people wanted us to do, or they were not aware of what we had done, I must certainly bear my share of responsibility, and I accept that. Uh, You know, a lot of us haven't had a lot of sleep, and we're going to need a few days to to, uh, digest all these results. There will be a lot of you doing... Uh, exit surveys asking the American people what they meant and said. But what I think they said is they still don't like what they see when they watch us working here. Four years later, the midterms were quieter. No flips in 1998. Republicans retained control of both chambers. 1998 was the most recent midterm election in which no chamber of Congress changed partisan control. Several Senate seats changed hands, but neither party made a net gain. No change in the Senate numbers. But Democrats gained five seats in the House, the first time since 1934 in which the incumbent president's party picked up seats in the House during a midterm election. Here's President Clinton on November 5, 1998. I think the important thing is that we've got to go back to, to, to doing the people's business. The American people sent us a message that, that would break the eardrums of anyone who was listening. They want their business tended to. They are tired of seeing Washington focused on uh, politics 
and personalities. They want the people and, and, and their issues and their future taken care of, and that's what we're here to do. A year after the 9-11 terror attacks, the Republican Party won big in the 2002 midterms. Republicans won unified control of Congress. They picked up eight seats in the House and had a net gain of two seats in the Senate, regaining control of a chamber they had lost the year before after Senator Jim Jeffords left the Republican Party. With Republicans winning the Senate majority in 2002, it became the only election in history where the president's party gained a House of Congress in a midterm election and the most recent midterm in which the president's party did not lose control of at least one House of Congress, and the most recent midterm election in which a political party maintained a trifecta on the government. On November 7, 2002, a reporter asked President George W. Bush if he believed the election gave him a personal mandate. First, I think candidates win elections because they're good candidates, not because they may happen to have the president as a friend. Or a foe, for that matter. The races that were won were won because people were able to convince the voters they could trust their judgment, convince the voters they cared deeply about their circumstances. Uh, believe if there is a mandate in any election, at least in this one, it's it's that people want something to get done. They uh, they want people to work together in Washington D.C. to. Um, pass meaningful legislation which will improve their lives. Uh, the best way to win an election is to is to earn the trust of the voters, and that's what happened in state after state after state. We had some really good candidates who uh, <laughs> overcame some pretty tough odds. They were running against incumbents, a lot of cases, and they ran great races. And they were reassuring people. Four years later, a much gloomier picture for Republicans. Lame duck President Bush greeted the press on November 8, 2006, by jokingly asking, why all the glum faces? Why all the glum faces? For starters, the day before, Republicans lost six seats in the Senate, lost 30 seats in the House. Democrats won back control of the House, ending 12 years of Republican control. The wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and a series of political scandals mostly involving congressional Republicans took their toll on the party. 2006 marked the only House elections in U.S. history where only one party flipped any seats. Democrat Nancy Pelosi became House Speaker. At the November 8, 2006 press conference, Suzanne Malveaux of CNN asked President Bush specifically about Nancy Pelosi. With all due respect, Nancy Pelosi has called you incompetent, a liar, the emperor with no clothes, and as recently as yesterday, dangerous. <laughs> How will you work with someone who has such little respect for your leadership and who is third in line to the presidency? Uh, Suzanne, I've been around politics a long time. I understand when campaigns end, and I know when governing begins. And I, I'm, I'm going to work with people of both parties. You know, look, people say unfortunate things at times. But if you hold grudges in this line of work, you're never going to get anything done. And my intention is to get some things done. And uh, as I said, I'm going to start, start visiting with her on uh, uh, Friday with the idea of coming together. I mean, look, this is a close election. The, if you look at race by race, it was close. The cumulative effect, however, was not too close. It was a thumping. But nevertheless, the people expect us 
to work together. That's what they expect. And as I said in my opening comments, you know, there's, there is, comes responsibility with victory. And that's what, uh, that's what uh, Nancy Pelosi told me this morning, she said, in the phone call. She wants to work together, and so do I. And so that's, that's how you deal with it. This isn't, uh, you know, as we said, this isn't my first rodeo. George W. Bush called the 2006 midterm elections a thumping. In 2010, Barack Obama called the midterms a shellacking. His Democrats lost six seats in the Senate and 63 in the House. It was the largest shift in House seats since the 1948 elections. Republicans won back the majority in the House, ending unified Democratic control of Congress and the presidency. The heavy Democratic losses in 2010 were blamed on the passage of the Affordable Care Act, plus a poor economic recovery from the Great Recession, plus large budget deficits. During President Obama's November 3, 2010 press conference, Matt Spitalnik of Reuters asked about the economy's impact on the election. How do you respond to those who say the election outcome, at least in part, was voters saying that they see you as out of touch with their personal economic pain? And are, are you willing to make any changes in your leadership style? Here's part of President Obama's lengthy response. So I think there, there, there are more things that we can do to make sure that I'm, I'm getting out of here. Um, but, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I think it's important to, to point out as well that, uh, you know, a couple of great communicators, uh, Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton, were standing at this podium uh, two years into their presidency, uh, getting very similar questions because, uh, you know, the economy wasn't working uh, the way it needed to be. And uh, there were a whole range of factors that made people concerned that, uh, maybe uh, the party in power wasn't listening to them. Uh, you know, th- th- this is something that I think every president needs to go through uh, because the, you know, the responsibilities of this office are so enormous and so many people are depending on what we do. And in the rush of activity, uh, sometimes uh, we lose track of uh, you know, the, the ways that we connected uh, with folks uh, that got us here in the first place. Uh, and, and, and that's something that, uh, now, I, I'm not recommending for every future president that they take a shellacking like, they, like I did last night. Um, you know, the, I, I'm sure there are easier ways to learn these lessons. Uh, but I do think that, uh, you know, this is a growth process and, uh, and an evolution. And the relationship that I've had with the American people uh, is one that uh, built slowly, peaked at this incredible high, and then during the course of the last two years, as we've uh, together gone through some very difficult times, uh, has gotten rockier and tougher. In 2010, President Obama lost the House. He called it a shellacking. In 2014, he lost the Senate. So what did he call that? That year, with Barack Obama the lame duck president, Democrats lost nine Senate seats. It was the biggest loss of Senate seats for one party in a midterm election since Dwight Eisenhower was president. In 1956, Republicans lost 13. 
The Republicans' net gain of nine Senate seats also was the largest Senate gain for either party since the 1980 elections. In the House in 2014, Democrats lost just 13 seats, 50 less than Obama's party lost in 2010. But he lost them in a House already packed with Republicans. The Republican gain of 13 House seats gave them their largest majority since the elections in 1928. The 2014 midterms marked the first time since the Eisenhower administration that a two-term president's party suffered net losses in both houses of Congress in both midterm elections. So, with all that background, here's a November 5, 2014 question from Jeff Mason of Reuters to President Obama, recalling Obama's use of the word shellacking. Thank you, Mr. President. In 2010, you called the results of the midterm election a shellacking. What do you call this? And here's President Obama's response. Uh, well, as I said in my opening statement, uh, there's no doubt that the Republicans had a good night. And uh, what we're going to make sure that we do is to reach out to Mitch McConnell and John Boehner, who are now uh, running both chambers in Congress, and find out what their agenda is. And uh, so my hope is, is that uh, they've got some specific things they want to do that uh, correspond with some things that we want to get done. What's most important to the American people right now, the resounding message, not just of this election, but basically the last several, is get stuff done. Uh, don't worry about the next election. Don't worry about party affiliation. Do worry about uh, our concerns. Worry about the fact that I'm a single mom, and at the end of the month, it's really hard for me to pay the bills, in part because I've got these huge child care costs. President Obama also took this question from Jonathan Carl. Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell's been the Republican leader for six years, as long as you've been president. But his office tells me that he's only met with you one-on-one -on -one once or twice during that entire six-year period. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, as somebody who came to Washington promising to end the hyper-partisanship that was here long before you became president, but it's gotten worse since you got here, was it a mistake for you to do so little to develop relationships with Republicans in Congress? I think that um, every day I'm asking myself, are there some things I can do better? Uh, and you know, I'm going to keep on asking that every single day. I, the, the fact is that most of my interactions with members of Congress have been cordial and they've been uh, constructive. Uh, Oftentimes, though, we just haven't been able to actually get what's discussed in a leadership meeting through caucuses in the House and the Senate to <laughs> deliver a bill. Um, the good news is that uh, now Mitch McConnell and John Boehner uh, are from the same party. Uh, I think they can come together and decide what their agenda is. They've got sufficient majorities. Uh, to uh, make real progress on some of these issues. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly going to be spending uh, a lot more time with them now because that's the only way that we're going to be able to uh, get some stuff done. Which brings us to the most recent midterm elections, 2018. With Donald Trump as president, Republicans lost 40 seats in the House. Democrats retook the majority and brought back Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker. It ended the trifecta of federal control the Republican Party had established in 2016 when Trump was elected. Republicans did pick up two seats in the Senate 
As a result of the 2018 elections, the 116th Congress became the first Congress since the 99th, elected in 1984, in which Democrats controlled the House and Republicans controlled the Senate. It was also the first midterm election cycle since 1970, in which a sitting president's party made net gains in one chamber of Congress, while suffering net losses in the other. On November 7, 2018, President Trump called it an incredible day. It was a big day yesterday, an incredible day. And last night, the Republican Party defied history to expand our Senate majority while significantly beating expectations in the House for the midterm and midterm year. We did this in spite of a very dramatic fundraising disadvantage driven by Democrats, wealthy donors, and special interests, and very hostile media coverage, to put it mildly. The media coverage set a new record and a new standard. We also had a staggering number of House retirements, so it's a little tough. Uh, These are seats that could have been held pretty easily, and uh, we had newcomers going in, and a lot of them worked very hard, but it's very difficult when you have that many retirements. President Trump also had warm words for these two leaders of Congress. But I want to send my warmest appreciation and regards to Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. We really worked very well together. We have been working very well together. We actually have a great relationship. People just don't understand that, which is fine. And also to uh, perhaps, looks like, I would think, Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And I give her a lot of credit. She works very hard, and she's worked long and hard. I give her a great deal of credit for what she's done and what she's accomplished. Hopefully, we can all work together next year to continue delivering for the American people. Given the last four years of political history, Donald Trump's words about Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi might surprise you. But the tone of this next exchange with a reporter probably won't. It's from the same press conference. It's President Trump versus Jim Acosta of CNN, and it's our bonus clip. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, if Let's you don't go. mind, Let's Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, Mr. President, I consider it to be an invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. It's a, it's a, a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border with the U.S. Thank you for telling and me that. I why, why, did you, why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because and, I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants not in this election no, to try to keep... Them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. Your you know, campaign... Wait, ha- your campaign. Wait, wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. Right. But your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so on. Well, that's true. It poured, it, but they it, weren't actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. Right. These, were, these were people. This was an actual, you know, it happened a few days ago. 
And, uh, they're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles you know away. That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was enough. going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that... That you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what. CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, his I'm not a big fan of, of yours either. So I understand. Know, to be honest, so me- that second reporter, Peter Alexander of NBC News. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. A reminder to use the C-SPAN video library to do your own searching about midterm elections. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. All for free. Plus, a reminder to watch and listen to C-SPAN networks when President Biden reacts to the upcoming 2022 midterm elections. You'll find that in the C-SPAN video library, too. Thanks for listening, and happy searching. 